Please stay tuned while we arm you, the believer, to keep living by the word. It's the noble thing to do. Yes, yes, indeed. It is the noble thing to do to keep living by the word. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Living by the Word Ministries presentation of the Bible Information Brokers. I'm one of the teammates. My name is Daryl. They call me Easy D Fulton. And I'll be introducing the other members momentarily. But um, right now, I'm going to let you know that you'll be able to call in, email us, Facebook us questions, or text us. Uh, not text, actually. We're not that sophisticated yet. But you'll be able to communicate with us by asking your questions from a biblical uh, perspective. We want to give you the answer. So I'll give you that number momentarily. But right now, I'm going to ask if my dear friend Brian would pray us in as we get some technical things worked out here. Thank you, Daryl. Dear Heavenly Father, we just uh, thank you for allowing us to be here tonight, allowing us to uh, have air to breathe, um, allowing us to uh, be able to share your word, give answers for faith. Uh, First and foremost, the Lord, as always, I want to thank you just so, so much for your love, your kindness, your grace, your mercy, all those things, plus a zillion other positive other things that you do for us, Lord. And uh, just thank you for that. Uh, sometimes we just take advantage of just our day-to-day living and thinking that, you know, uh, you know, we made it through another day, but it's because of your mercy and your grace and kindness. Uh, and, and we thank you for that, Lord. Lift up, I lift up this uh, radio broadcast to you tonight, Lord. I just pray a blessing on everyone involved. We have JJ, who's uh, engineering, Eric, Cosgreening, and uh, with Daryl, Craig, and myself, Lord, we just uh, we just thank you, and uh, we lift this show up to you, Lord. Uh, bring on the people you want to bring on, and don't bring on the people you don't want. <laughs> and uh, Lord, we just pray that um, people will be blessed by the answers that they get, uh, for the information that they get, for the Word of God that they get. So that being said, Lord, we just again give this show to you, and uh, it's not about Daryl, Craig, myself, Eric. J.J., none of us. It's about you. We give you the praise, glory, and honor always. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Thank you very much, Brian. <coughs> now, excuse me, ladies and gentlemen, I am going to introduce, um, uh, Brian already introduced all the teammates. Now I want to introduce you to call in to Eric and introduce yourself, I say, to Eric by calling 888-995-5552. 888-995-5552. You can call him. Right now, we want to be able to bring your calls up telephonically, uh, which is a word, Brian. Matter of fact, you know, you've been to check your other dictionary about that word telephonically. Uh, but well, you can call Eric triple eight nine nine five 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 two, and then he'll be able to set you up with the screen, uh, screen your call, get you on, get your questions set up. Every other format that we have, whether it's by Facebook, whether it's by Messenger, uh, tweet. Our dot com website is Bible Info Brokers. Bible Info Brokers. And while you're on our website, please take the opportunity to navigate mm-hmm. around there to see the various resources that we have available to you. But if you want to be one of the first to participate as far as the calls are concerned, call Eric right now. He has a quite a few numbers uh, available to uh, set these calls up. We'll get them in queue at triple eight nine nine five 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 two. Triple eight nine nine five 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 two. Speak with Eric; he'll set you all up for that. Again, as I said, everything else is Bible info brokers for Facebook. If you're out there in Facebook land, as I call it, cyberspace, and you're on Facebook, please take an opportunity to click that share button and let us, you know, check in. Also, doing a little emoji or just type your name and let us know that you are out there. 
But uh, please, please take the opportunity to share the broadcast with folks because that way they either can join us live right now or they'll be able to join us on our archive shows to have it uh, queued up maybe futurely, uh, in the future since they can join us by way of archive shows. But again, take advantage of all of that. 888-995-5552 is the number. Uh, everything else is Bible Info Brokers, Facebook, email, uh, messenger, or tweet. Uh, Brian, as we set things up, we have a little technical difficulty we're trying to straighten out now. And I, you know what? We, last week, I remember I, I told someone if they call in, we give them priority or was going to try to deal with their question. And I, will, I, I remember, I think I remember the name, but um, let, me, let me just bring PCH on. PCH, are you there with us, brother? How are you doing? Uh, doing well, thank you. All right. So if anything happens uh, tech, technologically wise, if you get clicked off, you know, don't take a break. You know, stay with us. We can get you right back. <laughs> so if I get clipped off, don't get clipped off. Yeah, there you go. Man, look at that. Now, that's pretty good. I mean, that's ingenious on your part, right? You know, good timing and everything. Yeah, if you get clicked off, don't dick, don't get ticked off, as they say. But um, everything's going okay with you, brother. Hey, just living life, man. Busy. Yeah, oh, yeah. Busy. Especially, especially today, right? Especially yeah. today, uh, the, the, yeah. the primary work no, day. Daryl, your last couple you, weeks, yeah. Your paperwork looks like Craig's Bible. <laughs> Is that a compliment? <laughs> no, that's not a compliment at all. It's all over. <laughs> it's all over the place. I'm looking at the dates I was just trying to find last week, where I remember I talked to someone or I did comment that if the person calls in or we had their question already written out, I halfway remember the question, but I'm not going to count on this. Um, uh, old memory of mine to go into that. So we'll just take the calls as they come in. And um, as they come in, I'm going to need, um, you know, uh, Eric and Brian, you know, you guys got that thing set up. What are you going to do as far as being able to see the names as we get some of the te- technological things worked out? But let's do this, guys. If there's anything on your mind or heart that you want to deal with, I mean, there's some things I did want to deal with, but I'll just um, kind of say before if we can have some uh, time later on the broadcast to bring it up as far as that. But if anything is going on in, on your mind and heart, guys, uh, as far as life, uh, what's going on in the world today that we want to bring up as we set the calls up, then by all means, let's take advantage of the time that we have now in the beginning as the calls and other callers uh, would participate and join in with us. Brian, you have anything that's going on in your mind and heart that you want to share? <laughs> it's funny. You know, this, it's this time of the year, and I'm just drowned in graduation. Oh, that's right. You've got that thing going on. You deal with them schools. Yeah, it's yeah. been it's been crazy. Right, right. Well, you know, there's um, – I mean, one, one thing, I'll, I'll bring this up, and I, I think only because I, I just happened to hear about it on the news where there was um, a shooting in, in Orange County area if I'm not mistaken, at a church. And then sometimes I knew I catch it a couple of days late. And um, I was just thinking about that from the standpoint of how, um, I don't know, uh, we, we talked about this subject matter before about um, being being right to protect ourselves and, uh, and to look at life as it is, as we're living it. And how should a Christian really protect themselves or even how should the church protect themselves? I remember I, I used to go to a large church many years ago and we set up a whole, we had a lot of retired uh, police officers in there. We set up a whole contingency, a little sort of sub police group to protect, you know, the members of parking lot and things like that. And we had a nice organized uh, situation like that. And Craig, you and I have talked about it before also, because not only the things that go on in the church, but also outside uh, influences and everything that can come into uh, the church and our society, that how wise is it for a church to sort of like, I'm going to use this expression, not to draw the sword in vain on if you have the ability uh, to protect, you should. I mean, even, you know, 
you should really consider the, the times that we're in and what's going on in these churches and how this church door is wide I, open. I'd say more than just churches, but what's amazing, uh, I've talked to a lot of Christians, and there are a lot of Christians out there that are just totally against um, pretty much uh, to owning a gun. And so like pacifists or something like that? Just, you know, just it's just wrong to them. I mean, well, I'm asking, well, how is it wrong? And mm-hmm. uh, the question comes up that I ask is, you know, you don't believe you have a right to defend yourself or protect yourself and your family. And uh, you you don't really get a solid response from them. But I, it, it was just interesting that there are a lot of Christians out there that hold to the uh, perspective that. You know, going to trust God. We shouldn't have guns. Yeah. I've heard people actually say, "We're gonna, I'm, I'm going to trust God uh, to do everything from, you know, protect me and in, in those yeah. type of times uh, or not." But when I hear that, my comment is: you have to remember, God gives us wisdom, and we need to use godly wisdom. Okay, yeah. and as it comes to protecting yourself, uh, you have a right to do that to protect yourself and your family. So it was just kind of interesting. Just there were a lot of Christians out there that just just did not hold to the viewpoint of one should uh, have guns. They felt that guns should be banned. Wow. PCH, I know you've had, uh, we've commented on this before, and you have a perspective on it. And if you want to briefly get into that, we can do that as we set up the calls and uh, get the screen together here. Well, yeah, sure. But I have some other issues I want to talk about. But, um, no, it, but Brian's one is an important one. And I understand people have different matters of consciousness, but uh, but there, I would say a couple things here. I don't share that view. I that is that we shouldn't. I mean, if you're going to say trust God, well then why plan for retirement? Why do you lock your house? Why why do you do all kinds of things? People plan constantly. You prepare, and it's silly not to prepare. We should always ultimately trust God. I never trust in anything or even abilities out of the background in martial arts and, and so on and so forth. Uh, but but I'm going to argue not only do I have a right to, I have a duty to protect my family. This day and age of crime, home invasions, and all the stuff that goes on, uh, it's kind of like the nations that have been pacifists. They only can do that because there's other nations that have protected yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. They, they can only afford to be that because somebody else has paid the price. Somebody else uh, basically has done uh, the work to protect them. So I, I see it as a matter of responsibility, just like at our churches. We're having things going on that that uh, even in our fellowship, we've had a number of things happen. Somebody came on campus one day with a, like a 10-foot, uh, ten a 10-inch knife. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, so what am I, oh, just trust the Lord, praise mm. God. Well, why do we have police then? Just trust the Lord. Why do we have a military? Why, why do you do anything in pre- preparation? I think of a key passage for me on stuff like this is Proverbs twenty one thirty one. The horse is made ready for the day of battle, but the victory rests with the Lord. So I think we can and should be wise. Phronesis is a Greek word. Practical wisdom. Wisdom for living life. That we need to be wise, okay? And But, but, I, but I never trust in that thing. So I have a background in martial arts, so I have all kinds of weapons in my house, and nunchucks, you name it, because I've used all of them through the years. Um, but I'm not trusting in those things. I even have a worm in my house. Uh, of course, my neighbor was held up at gunpoint. Mm. So 
So what I literally had a gun put to his head. So just trust Jesus, right? Um, look, God gives me a brain and he expects me to use it. Uh, and I find it ironic, and this is my view, of course. Uh, by the way, John Piper argues this way, and I just say, please don't talk like that. That, that that's, I actually teach ethics, and I'm going to argue that there is indeed a right and an, often a duty uh, to protect somebody. What if... Um, you know, some little lady's getting beat up, and I just, oh, trust Jesus. You know, yeah, I, I'm not going to try to protect her, or maybe I would get my head caved in by a couple guys, but I'm going to trust the Lord. I mean, again, so so why do, why do you go to the dentist? Why do you go to the doctor? Just trust Jesus. So I think that there is prudence, there is wisdom in, in preparing. But again, I don't I don't trust in those things. I don't trust in investments. I don't trust in... I, I hear people say, well, I don't feel safe. I don't have enough money in the bank. And I'm like, you're never going to have enough money in the mm-hmm. bank. Now, I'm not saying don't save and don't be wise, especially for retirement, as I move towards that age. And I actually, I frankly don't plan on retiring because I do ministry. Uh, I will retire because I physically and or mentally can't do it anymore. Uh, that's my idea, or the Lord takes me home. That's my idea. And I'm not knocking people for retiring. That's not my point here. But because a lot of people do things that it's their vocation and they don't necessarily really enjoy it ultimately. And they want to go do clinical full-time ministry or otherwise. And I appreciate that. So I'm not I'm not dissing anybody who says they're going to retire, but that's just not my vocabulary. But I still have to plan towards that. That someday, uh, look, my parents, my dad's 94. Mm. He, he hasn't been able to work for a while. I mean, come on. If he hadn't planned for retirement, just trust Jesus. You know, I mean, it's not mocking God. I think it's what I started to say earlier is this. Too often in the church, we try to do the things we can't do, and we don't do the things we can do. So God's given us some things, and they're within our power, all things equal, quantibus omnibus, the Latin. All things equal, I can plan for retirement, I can uh, do things, I can get a checkup. Um, but going to the doctor and get my annual checkup or otherwise, that's not going to prevent me from getting cancer or any other you know, thing that could happen to me. But again, so often we, we don't do what is within our power, and God says, do it, take care of yourself. Yeah. Give you a brain, use it. And then we want God to do things, that, that, and then we try to do things we can't do, that only belong to God. So I, I have a responsibility to protect my family. Look, I had a son that was murdered two and a half years ago. So don't talk to me about uh, everything's going to work and just be okay. That That's just nonsense. There is a place for for the court. Again, don't don't have courts. Just trust Jesus. Don't have prisons for people who do bad things. People just have just trust Jesus. That is, I'm sorry, that is so simplistic. Uh, again, I don't trust in my abilities. I don't trust in my alarm. I don't trust in weapons. I trust in God, but He uses. He we call these instrumental instrumental causes. He uses the instrumentality of these things, just like. Like preaching the gospel. You know, if I could say, of course, you could say there's a commandment, and I would argue there's a commandment that we are to, to do right by people and champion the cause of the poor and the oppressed. But I could say, well, don't even preach the gospel. Just trust Jesus. He'll, yeah. he'll bring people to the kingdom. He doesn't need you. Well, he doesn't need me, but he's chosen to work through us. And just as parents rightly take care of their kids and they protect them, not just physically, but hopefully spiritually, emotionally, and mentally. They provide for their well-being, their their clothing, their food, nutrition, and all that. Uh, that's the way God's designed life. And uh, those who who think like that to me, uh, I believe they're in for a hard life, and they better thank God there's people like the rest of us who are willing to protect them uh, so that horrible things don't happen to them. Again, so 
my neighbor's been held up at gunpoint. He's been robbed two, three times. The other guy on the other side of me has been robbed several times. Uh, you know, my son was murdered two and a half years ago, one of my sons. So I just don't have much, I don't have much patience for this type of talk. And, and, and I teach ethics at the graduate level, and I have no patience because I studied it ethically as well, in depth from a biblical perspective, and I don't find these views. Pacifism is not taught in the Bible. Well, you, you know, one of the apostles we know for sure was carrying a weapon on him, and I'm sure the others were as well. But you know what? Jesus never said anything about him carrying a weapon at all. Or well, actually, well, actually, he told them in Luke to go get a sword. Yeah, to get a sword. Yeah. So the people, people will cite at at Gethsemane and say, "Well, there." But that, that the point was, Jesus came to die, so he wasn't going to fight then and there. But later on, when he commissions them, not in Luke ten, but later on in Luke, he actually says, "Go buy a sword." Well, why would he tell him to do that? What, for decorations? Decorations, maybe. Um, I don't know. <laughs> you know, he, because they were in danger and they needed protection. So Jesus actually did command. And people say, well, the soldiers were rebuked. Now, soldiers were rebuked for taking more than they should or for taking advantage of people or not having their ultimate allegiance to God. And so police departments, government, government is called an order of creation. And government's goal, now, it obviously misfunctions at times, of course, but properly functioning biblically, it is to promote good and stem evil. And part of stemming evil is to prevent, like, for example, the sale of illicit drugs. Look at the kids dying of fentanyl and all the stuff going on today. Over 107,000 people died last year from drug overdoses in America alone. It's getting worse, man. my point yeah, but my point is, yeah, I, I believe so. My point is, government has a function, and one of its most basic function is to protect the people that, that that are under that government, that have put that government together for that purpose. One of the main functions, and you find this in the Bible, for government, is to promote good, and part of promoting good is to keep your neighbor from harming you or, or somebody else. It's to promote good and stem evil. And part of the way of stemming evil, besides preventing, again, the sale of illicit drugs, uh, so on and so forth, is to, is to prevent crime and to punish those who do that, who harm others. Uh, and you don't just, it doesn't say just trust Jesus. Um, again, and people think I'm, if I think I'm being mocking. No, I'm not. Uh, I've been in many situations out the world where it was pretty dangerous. So I fully understand trusting Jesus, but this naivete and just uh, not using some common sense. Of course, Mark Twain said nothing so uncommon as common sense. Um, I just, you know, I get it. The, the, the newer generations, in particular, they have these views, and I want to know: do they do they square with the biblical perspective, and why? Because if there is indeed a God, and God has revealed truth to us, we might want to listen. Just a thought. You know, indeed. Again, I, I was thinking back uh, to that situation at the church and the, and the um, shopping center in Buffalo and things like that, where you even had a, a security guard who was a former um, police officer, retired, and, you know, did what he could do. Uh, at least he probably saved a lot of lives in regards to doing mm-hmm. what he did do. And I'm just thinking, man, that. Uh, woe, you know, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do a woe to me, and woe to you, and woe to anybody else if we don't take the opportunity and the privilege that we have, while we still have the right. Forget privilege; we have the right to uh, to protect ourselves, to carry weapons, to have weapons in your house that will protect uh, the situation. And, and God forbid, if we don't, what are we gonna answer to the people when we have the ability and didn't do? Uh, it's just that sure, serious Carol. to me. Yep. Amen. Amen, brother. I'll turn the pages for you. You preach it. So yeah. now you the big guns, the artillery, 
artillery. I'm going to use one more example. Pedophiles yeah. or maps now, uh, minor attractive people. I love that, the mm. euphemisms. What, what um, was the term, Craig? Oh, it's called map, or plural maps. Minor attractive people, guys trying to say now that it's not really messed up, that, mm. that they're not that bad. It's just, you know, you got to understand they're attracted to younger people, i.e. kids, and, you know, don't, don't impugn, don't impute bad things to them. Uh, I mean, I, I, there's a thing called euphemism. A euphemism is redefining or giving a new name that sounds very nice or non, not offensive, that actually is offensive. Having relations with kids, now I'm, I'm saying it nicely, is, is, is an abomination, is sick, is wrong, is, is radical sin. So could you imagine? So, but even the government, and rightly so, requires us at a church, you have a certain responsibility to the people and to protect those kids. So we have people screened. They have to be fingerprinted. They have mm-hmm. to do a background check. Why? Because pedophiles hang around with kids where kids are. Look, uh, in my years, I've seen at least twice where we caught a, a pedophile and had to remove them, and they would have abused children in the church. Do I just go, just trust Jesus? You don't need to do fingerprints and background t- uh, uh, checks. Well, the, the government requires us to, but, oh, well, we don't need to listen to them. Let's just do it. No, it would be the height of irresponsibility to not protect those under our care. And it's just a fact, even at churches, is wherever there are kids, there are pedophiles. They <clears throat> Surprise, go where his children are. I'll never forget, just quickly here, that one pedophile that uh, got caught. Uh, this guy was incredibly good-looking. He was like a GQ model, and uh, very good-looking. But we, my buddies and I were wondering, why he keeps hanging? Why is he with the kids all the time? I mean, adults hang around with adults. Yes, you love your children, and you, you know, whatever, but you don't just hang around with kids all the time. Anyway, and he would wear, like, a Mickey Mouse shirt, shirts, you know, things that would attract kids. I remember a guy in the neighborhood I lived in. I always wondered why, when I was real young, why these little kids were always at this guy's house. Uh, he ends up, he's a pedophile, and he abused a bunch of them. And so and you're going to stand before the Lord and say, well, we just trusted you, Lord. Well, it's not our fault. You let it happen. We were just trusting you, trusting Jesus, and these kids got abused. You know what, my friend? You can get arrested for that and or fine drastically, and you deserve that. You, under your auspices, if you allow something like that to happen because you didn't do due diligence, you're just going to trust Jesus, man alive, you've got something coming your way. You, you know, Craig, I, I got an I um, issue, though, because what about the person who is maybe 20, 22 years old, let's just say um, whatever... Uh, sexual orientation they are, but they're a uh, they consider themselves of the opposite sex. Okay, that's their right, right? But at the same time, uh, they're they're eight, they're twenty years, their twenty year old is twelve and thirteen to them. And so when I look at the garbage that's going on in our government and in our schools and our society, where people can kind of be what they want to be, um, you know, you have major conflicts. And so, um, mm-hmm. I, I could I could see that happening. You know, like before. Well, it is. You yeah. you know the the uh, men going into the women's bathroom and you know uh, the men uh, messing with the with the females in the bathrooms and all that garbage has taken place. But well, wait a minute. I'm a male or I'm a female or you know what? I'm not eighteen. My eighteen is thirteen, and I have a right and to believe that yeah. I am thirteen. 
Exactly. I identify as a 10-year-old, or I yeah. want to play football against your 10-year-old. I weigh 250 pounds. You really want me messing with your 10-year-old and tackle football? But it is, Brian. In fact, you know, even the can't, can or don't say gay in Florida, that's not true. They said you can't teach sex ed and this stuff to people in kindergarten, first, second, third, fourth, fifth grade. You know what? I mean, these schools, I would be happy if they would just like try teaching reading, writing, and arithmetic and actually doing it. We're one of the lowest rung, uh, ranked on industrialized nations as far as education. Uh, it's it's just appalling. But you are right because people say they identify, Brian, and, and that was actually what I was going to talk a little bit about tonight, but we'll do it another time. But this is an issue. Of course, this actually happened. Uh, basically, one store, a chain, was letting uh, people who identified as uh, as female, um, uh, you know, go into uh, uh, the uh, women's rest uh, restaurant, women's bathroom, when in fact they were to use the correct term cisgender. They were born, you know, male. Right. And one guy started to abuse a little, went after a little girl. Wow. And fortunately, this girl's father saw this guy go in there, knew something was up. He went in there, and he was starting to harass this little girl. And the, and and you could tell the, the guy who got caught doing this in the in the women's bathroom uh, said, oh, "Oh, hey, I identify female." And uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm just going to tell you what happened. The, 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 he started. This guy was going to sexually abuse this little girl, so he identifies as a female. Well, what are you doing? But that's another story. But the uh, the dad punched him in the mouth and knocked out some teeth and said, "Well, I identify as a tooth fairy." Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I mean, and you said, well, that's violent. Well, you know what? This guy was going to abuse a little girl. And do you know the effects of sexual abuse mm-hmm. upon adolescents? Lifetime. How, how Lifetime. difficult that is in their life and, and years and years of counseling and that. And some people and, and I, I never get over that. And, and so, you know, don't, don't talk to me about violence. Look at the violence that we are perpetuating on, on young people. And, you know, the Netherlands has basically put a moratorium on a lot of these, what used to be called gender reassignment surgeries, because uh, the kids are having, people who are getting this, life is not wonderful when they have it. And they're giving hormone blockers and all this other stuff to young people. And some of the things they're doing, besides the actual full-on surgery, is irreversible. Mm. And I, I predict there's going to be a whole generation of angry individuals who said, you were letting me figure out what gender I was when I was like 10 years old. I couldn't even figure out wherever McDonald's was at 10 years old or whatever. I mean, we're, we're in for, we're going to reap the whirlwind, I, I believe. And it's, we just need to, a, a biblical basis. I'm going to argue I, there is a God, God made us. That being kind of knows how we should operate. It's like the owner has written the owner's manual, and we're just not using common sense. And the church is standing by, twiddling our thumbs, basically doing nothing. And just I'm going to say this, not do this. We need to start coming up with good presentations of how to counter this, and not just what the Bible says it's wrong. It does say that, but most people are like, "And so what? And what does that have to do with the price of tea in China?" Um, but we need to, and there are good ways to to do present a, a, a biblical worldview and give uh, I say arguments but it sounds like I'm being argumentative but counter arguments and, and counter examples or we call them hypotheticals or counterfactuals to to show how there's some real problems with these 
with people's views, and they don't really follow them through consistently. And, you know, perhaps we can do that another night. But, yeah, that's we're going to reap, reap the whirlwind, in my humble opinion. America is just going down the path of judgment. And the much of the church is just, we're like, we're amusing ourselves to death. <laughs> we're just, we're oblivious, and we're, we're in the evangelical ghetto, as Francis Schaeffer referred to it. And I think that, wow, now we need to be salt and light. And just, I don't mean be mean or... And indignant with people, but to to love non Christians, but love them enough to tell them the truth. Sounds like another uh, half day seminar, maybe. Well, mm. at least that. Other than that, you guys, we don't have an opinion. I'll just say this in closing before we go to the calls, and I'll um, hang in there, Dennis. We're going to get to you and Timothy as well. But the you take and translate the responsibility as a believer and you take and translate your um, responsibility as a citizen of whatever particular state or city you belong to and realize that we are a representative form of government and to the degree that you responsibly understand who you're voting for, these things will affect your neighborhood as you vote for the DAs, as you vote for the judges and all that stuff. You know, you just flip a coin and say, oh, that's a nice judge name, put that person in there. And you don't really do any research when the research is uh, quite available by you simply clicking a mouse on a computer and reading the bios and reading the various things that may come in the mail and the millions of dollars we're spending as citizens to get you the information and then you don't take it serious. I mean, present company includes I didn't take it as serious before, even though I was in the system, but I learned how important it is to have proper thinking uh, worldview judges in the sense that they're going to have at least a lean towards a biblical reference as opposed to being so very so very liberal and radical in the sense that you're just letting people come out and thinking that somehow everybody is um, – rehabilitatable where not necessarily proven that to be the case and guys uh, you know real crooks uh, understand and can take advantage of situations that we have going on right now and California is one of the worst states in the in our nation that's dealing with these type of things and not I'm not afraid to say it all because it's true very true it's very true Triple eight nine nine five 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 two is the number. Triple eight nine nine five 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 two. Or everything else is Bible Info Brokers. If you want to send us a question by way of Facebook, email, tweet, uh, messenger, please Bible Info Brokers, and you can send your question by those uh, formats. Let's go to line one right now. If you'd be so kind, uh, JJ, and bring up line one. We talked to Timothy in Lake Balboa. Timothy, thanks for holding on and calling in, brother. Good evening, everyone. How you doing, sir? Yeah, my um, question uh, has to do with uh, Philippians four, eleven, and twelve. Mm-hmm. And maybe if you have time, I have a kind of a bonus question ask after. But um, <laughs> I was looking at that scripture and I studied it a lot for the last couple of weeks because I'm going to um, I'm getting counsel from a church. Uh, biblical counseling, and they um, had me study that verse until, you know, the, until the next time I uh, go to counseling. Okay. And what came to mind after studying it is when does being content uh, turn into complacency? When does being content turn into complacency? I like the kind of way that question is even formed. Timothy, thank you very much for that question. Uh, PCH, Brian, what say you in regards to when can your being content and, you know, and understand that whole process really 
trying to reverse itself and turn into complacency. And I'm saying reverse itself because uh, contentness doesn't necessarily mean complacency. PCH, Brian? Yeah, I'm sorry. Which which passage was Timothy asking about? Yeah, again? I'm just reading Philippians 4, mm-hmm. 11, and 12. I'll read it, Craig. Go ahead, Brian. It says, Not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I'm in. I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. And how does that being content, I guess what uh, Timothy is asking, if he's being counseled in a sense that, you know, checked out before he goes back to his other counseling uh, situation, whereby is he mistaken to think that, um, or I don't know if Timothy, if you're saying this directly, that that being content could lead to complacency whereby you're not basically go getting what you maybe should go get. You guys, yeah. go ahead. Uh, well, uh, a couple things. I want to make a distinction, though. It's not saying be content as far as holiness or godliness. So we can never become complacent. We've never grown enough. We've never, we don't arrive. Life is truly a journey. We are pressing towards the march towards the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Right? So go back to Philippians 2, 3, and then earlier in 4, where Paul talks about this, where that, you know, I have not attained, you know, uh, or that for which I was apprehended, uh, but he's pressing towards the mark. So when it comes to character, when it comes to showing the fruit of the Spirit, we're never told to be content. Contentment has to do with physical, social, economic factors here. We've got to keep the categories in place. This is not saying ever to be content as far as our, our maturation or growth in Christ. Again, Paul, let me just quote it verbatim, uh, verse, uh, chapter 3, verse, mm, I'll start verse 10. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, so that somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Now, here we go, verse 12. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And, of course, look at Hebrews 12, 1 and following, Acts twenty twenty four. The the illustrations of a race, that uh, metaphor is used quite a bit. So God never calls you to contentment one more time, for spiritual growth and maturation, the manifestation of the fruit of the Spirit, uh, virtue, character. Uh, Peter in Second Peter tells us to keep adding these things. Actually, it's not really so much adding them, it's unfolding them. We already have them. We are to manifest them. We are to realize them. But again, socially, economically, well, you know what? If you're an underachiever, if you confuse, and it takes wisdom, and, and uh, well, let me just say this, two things. So if you're not sure, and, and all of us would be confused at times, what, what's contentment and what's just being, uh, you know, the other term you use, yeah, I get that. But, but ask for wisdom. If you lack wisdom, ask God, God, am I just being complacent or am I manifesting contentment? But think about this. Since it doesn't apply to spiritual virtues, and 
Uh, worst case scenario, okay, so you're not a multimillionaire. You did, didn't become the best athlete in the world or whatever. Um, that's that's not a sin per se. Per se. That's not a sin. Uh, God can deal with that. So I really don't see it as a big problem because we're talking about social economic status, number one, or second point, actually. And number three is, one more time, is... Um, that you pray for wisdom from God, because all of our lives, Timothy, differ, and what could be striving and, and uh, what's the word I want, uh, coveting some position or something. Chasing the buck. I mean, you're chasing, chasing that, um, um, you know, the world the, the, as far as the good. Not, not the world in the negative sense, Craig, but, the, you know, when, you, when you're going, when you're a go-getter, your circumstances call f- for you to be able to be a go-getter. And I'll say it this way, and not to interrupt you, but my son, my oldest son challenged me many years ago. He said, Dad, you know, you would be a millionaire if it wasn't for us kids, huh? I said, yeah, that's a good point. Yes, I could be because then I wouldn't have to have spend so much time dealing with your kids as opposed to focusing on a career and all that type of stuff. But you can do both, but then you'll be content in whatever state you find yourself. So I was very content in raising the children and not chasing that millions and millions of dollars, as it were, and, and was perfectly fine with it. You know, you know, it's interesting. One of the things my <clears throat> one of my sons said, uh, the one that moved to Texas, and we were talking about, you know, the move when yeah. he before he was moving, uh, and he just said, "You know, Dad, I, I just don't want to spend my whole life paying for a house. You know, I want to be able to spend time with my yeah. wife, my you family. You exactly." Know? And so, and he said, "That's that's why I left, and you that's know? why I was able to do that myself. And my circumstances called for, and I was content all the way through raising those children. And it was, and to me, it was a beautiful thing." So, Timothy, I hope that, at least from the standpoint of what we talked about, Craig, and I don't, I'll allow you to go ahead and finish, Craig. I apologize for stepping on you on there. No, Daryl, we're good. I mean, it, 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 as I'm satisfied, I, I, I can be content with what I have and social economically. I can always make more money, but then again, that could cost me to sin by doing things that are unethical mm-hmm. or cutting corners. I could always have more prestige or whatever. You've got to rest and do what the Lord's called you to do. Now, look, I've lived a pretty arduous life as far as living pretty self-controlled. My dad was a drill instructor. He taught me discipline. I, I grew up in boot camp. I was never actually in the military. I lived, I lived in the military. My dad, he didn't know when he was, he was home from Camp Pendleton, where I was born, or, or when he was with at the barracks with the boys, uh, the men. But... Um, you know, I went to school for 15 years. I incurred an incredible amount of debt from that as well, because I went to some top-tier private schools. So in addition to high school, I went 15 years, because I believe the Lord wanted me to get a good education. Um, but but it, I could always say, but it's not enough. I need more. I need more. I need more. Uh, and some people get less, and that's okay. Yeah. You know, what I what I am confident in if we're and Timothy, I believe it's of you. We've talked enough times over the last amount of years. Is that if you want to know God's will, you will, because He's not hiding the ball, as we say at school. He's not hiding the ball from you. He wants you to know His will, and if you're willing to obey Him and do what He has for you, you're going to be right smack dab in the middle of His will. And sometimes, if we're not accomplishing what He has for us, then He'll prod us. And if if we are where we should be, there will be a sense of contentment. And if not, you know, he'll speak to you otherwise as well. I really don't. I think it's a great question you're asking, but yes. I don't see this as a big problem. The only problem I ever see as Christians is we we complain and we worry and we fret a lot. We don't really stop and ask and then listen a lot. 
You know, and, I, and I'll say this, uh, Timothy, and, I, and uh, we'll, let, we'll allow your bonus question if it's uh, real quick or we'll deal with it in a moment. But whatever whatever the counsel that you're getting from your church, man, we don't want to discourage that counsel. But you ultimately, you're the one responsible, just like you are responsible for the scripture that, that we would uh, give you here or on a particular subject matter for you to be that good Berean. So ultimately, it's between you and the Lord in regards to that and the wise counsel that you get. You know, that's kind of iron sharp and iron. So, you, yeah, you take that, but the ultimate decision, as you already know, is going to be on you. So please don't get yourself in a trick bag whereby you're forcing con- uh, contentness uh, or um, because of, you think you might uh, fall into some kind of complacency because the Lord, you know, the Lord gives you things. And as long as you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all the other things that, you know, will come along with life will come by you focusing and prioritizing as a Christ centered life. So uh, we'll go ahead into your your bonus question, Tim. I, we gave you enough information on that uh, that first question. Why don't you go ahead? Yeah, I was. Uh, I think. It, well, see, I'm going through a divorce right now, and sorry about that, taking, brother. Yeah, it, I, it's um, it's a lot of suffering. So as yeah. as and it's it's uh, anyways, it's going forever. I thought it would have been over already last year, but it's really going a long time. So. It's, I guess, what I'm trying to say as far as the suffering goes. Um, from Philippians four, the beginning is that you know Paul says I have learned. So, is this just my learning process to, I guess, be more like Christ? Well, I'm gonna say it to you pretty direct. As a man, a man, if if you were the cause or you were the reason for the divorce or you were at fault, you know, even though we have this no fault divorce situation in California, a lot of other states, uh, that's not God's economy. God's economy is there is fault. There is some right and wrong in regards to who may have been the innocent vic- uh, innocent party, thus the victim in the in the situation with the marriage. But it does take two to tangle. But one can really screw it up as well. Um, and if, if you, prayerfully that wasn't you, you know your situation, so you have to deal with that pretty straight up. And the people that are counseling you in regards to that, I wish the churches will step up more and deal with situations like divorce and things like that, because that's what God told us to do, as opposed to going to the world. Because the world will tell you, "Hey, you, she burns your coffee, get rid of her. You know, you don't like the way uh, his, his body looked down, get rid of him." You know, that's the way the world is, and that's not the what God's. That's not God's economy for uh, matrimony. Right, because uh, just you know, not to prolong the question, but is it is it um, pretty much immoral for me to try to start new friendships with females during this time, or should it be completely done before I even think of starting new new uh, friendships with females? Well, let me just ask you straight up: Were you at fault for the reason for your divorce, or was it your wife's fault? Oh. No, she was domestic violence. She got me good a lot. Okay, so put up with it anymore. Okay, on that sense, and I would say most definitely wait till the whole process is over, and uh, you know, pray pray for her and pray for the situation that uh, that God can even heal that situation. But you know, you know, you know, you're much more aware of it. Like you said, you've been been in it, been dealing with it, and the advice and uh, counseling you're getting from your your church elders should be suffice to uh, handle the situation for you. But by all means, I would tell you to wait, man. Don't 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 get involved with anybody else. Give yourself some time to, and, to go and, through some. You know, and I, I would even out. say, you know, even after the divorce, yeah, give it time. Take, wait, take, don't take, just take jump in and start seeing other people. Just 
get 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 your life together. Yeah, I I would say whether it was your fault or not, or it's a 50, 50, 60, 40, 70, 30, whatever. I would say no. Don't be don't be dating anybody because first of all, you're you're still married, and and even just you say friends. Look, friendship can lead to things very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need to, to to be concentrating on what happened in the marriage. How do things go south? What, if anything, is your part? And this is not a guilt trip. This is just healthy ownership so you can grow and mature. Or if nothing else, why was I attracted to a person like this? If mm-hmm. Some people marry abusive people. I've, I've seen gals and guys marry one after another, people that are incredibly unhealthy. And, and I'm talking about, you know, full-on addicts and abusive, you know, people, wives, gals getting beat up, even some guys. I mean, so, yeah. So my counsel is no. You As long as you're legally married, you're legally married before God. And number one. And number two is, yeah, as the guys have said, just for your own health and well-being. Look, nobody likes rebounding is not good. And what happens is when you come out of something like this, you're going to be looking for certain things because because uh, forms of affirmation and all that, even if your attentions are the best. And, and that's not who you're going to be a year or two from now. That's not fair to drag somebody else through that. Um, and, you know, and I would say you, you should have a lot of good male friends right now, or at least one or two that you can talk to and confide in. Uh, to me, it's just healthy. You, it's not fair to, for some other gal to, to, for you to be rebounding and not be healthy and then maybe changing your mind. And this, this is, these are the times, things like that, as painful as that can be, and brother, we feel for you, but that's, that's a time for growth and maturation, spending time with God and with good male friends and growing and maturing and just again let's just say now i'm going to say this quickly some people say well it takes two to tangle takes two to dance no it doesn't uh, the dance analogy one person could say i'm out of here yeah, i'm gone said, california huh? law is six months you can you can hold it for six months that's it and then because of as daryl said no fault in quotes then they can get the divorce you can't stop it and one spouse <laughs> can cheat they can commit adultery yep. they can just say i'm done period and it can have literally little or nothing to do with the other spouse but even but even having said that but there's still brother god loves you and he has great opportunities for you to grow and mature through this so learn everything you can through this be as healthy and whole and only way 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 down the road to to uh, i know you said just have a uh, a, a friend but uh, that gets so messy that ends up in, in a relationship really quickly um and, and additionally, sometimes I think as people, we really believe, like, I, I just can't exist by myself. I've got to have somebody mm. else. That's unhealthy. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm saying it's good to spend time alone and, again, with good friends, male friends, and work through issues and be alone with the Lord and let God and seek Him in His Word and have God speak to you and ask for wisdom and say, Lord, not that this is good, not that you cause this, not that you want this, but it's happening. What do you want me to learn from this? What do you have for me? And I'm not, I'm not talking about some type of flogging, like you got to go flog yourself because you did this bad and did that. Just in a purely healthy, good sense, some self-reflection. Yes. Lord, me, know me, test me, see if there be any wicked way in me. But mm-hmm. Lord, what's up with this? Why did I choose a person like this? What, what was in me? What need was I trying to fulfill? Did I think I was Superman and I could fix this relationship all by myself. I mean, there's so much to learn 
Uh, and and I believe you rob your hear me go you, know, you rob yourself and and you can hurt somebody else who's waiting in the wings because you're not ready for a relationship. It's good to be alone. So again, so, so often we want to medicate, we self medicate, and it's not just with drugs and alcohol. It's with people. Yeah. Some people have to constantly be with somebody. They constantly have to have a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a friend, you know, if you will. But but they're looking for more, and they're trying to fill that pain, that void, that emptiness in their life, and that's not good. We even step back sometimes and say, Lord, I'm gonna, I want to go through this. I don't enjoy this, but I want to learn, and I don't ever want to go this way again. Man, t- please take advantage of the idea of being um, a man of God, uh, learning about yourself in that re- regard. It's almost like being on an airplane, man. Put that oxygen mask on your own face before you can even think about helping anybody else or dealing with anybody else. Once you get yourself maturated in the Lord, saturated in the Lord in regards to you and him. Timothy, man, look, we took a picture together, man. Let that picture be a man that God would be so so very pleased with and honoring that your doors would be kicked in because women would be looking for you, as it were, mm-hmm. as that situation go through. And 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 one thing I, I want to say as well is, is something that, you know, we say quite a bit on this, sh- on this radio broadcast, and those are the three things you should do. Uh, continue to read your Bible, stay in prayer, mm-hmm. and fellowship with other Christians. Okay? And Timothy, I'm going to say something, man. Thank you for the bonus question. That bonus question wasn't for you, but as well, many Thank people out so there much. in the world. But we appreciate you as always, man. God bless you. Well, yeah, we know there's a lot of people out there in that same situation, Indeed. Daryl, don't we? Indeed. And that's one of the reasons why I say, Daryl. Thank you, Timothy. Thank you, brother. Definitely, thank you. That's one of the reasons why I say, uh, if you have a question or something you want to ask on the radio, uh, call in. Don't hesitate because what happens, it helps a lot of people. I'm sure that that call just now answered a lot of people's questions or helped them or gave them information to help someone that they may know that's going through something like that. I just got a call today to try to help someone get a place to stay. You know, I do my little timeshare thing and help folks out to try to give them a better deal. And the person just informed me, and I, I didn't know the person, just sort of related to a family member, that they, um, 34 years of marriage, going to waste just find out some stuff about this spouse. And it's uh, heartbreaking, just, mm-hmm. you know, just to, to hear a little bit about that kind of situation. 34 years, imagine that, wow. and just finding out some things. Well, here's what I will let you find out right now. We're coming to the top of our break in probably about five more minutes, but we do want to take the call from Dennis in Valencia. So, Dennis in Valencia, thank you for holding. Well, okay, Dennis, you're gone, and he was um, – Dennis had an interesting situation. Dennis, if you don't mind calling back, uh, if you have time, uh, please call back, and I won't give away information other than simply saying this. The gospel was shared uh, when the, when guns were pointed. And I'll just leave it at that. And Dennis, if you'd be so kind and give us a call back, if you're able, uh, do so. Uh, but right now, we are coming to a top of our break, maybe about another five or ten minutes. So why don't we do this, Craig? Um, go ahead, Brian. Well, real quick, Daryl and Craig, um, and this is for everyone out there. There's a caller wants us to please lift up her sister in prayer, Lenita, mm-hmm. who is in the hospital having her foot amputated, wow. has bad heart valve diabetes and kidney problems she's a believer but god will be done but god's will will be done so i I would ask that uh, our listening audience lift up uh this caller's uh sister lenita in prayer tonight and you know just on an ongoing basis uh 
regarding the things she's going through. Thank you very much. And I do believe that we do have Dennis back on the line, on line one. If you bring him up, please. I appreciate it, guys. Dennis, uh, welcome to the broadcast, brother from Valencia. Yes, good evening. How you doing? Doing well, Dennis. Doing well. Thank you very much for calling back in. Yeah. I just want to share a perspective on uh, weapons. <laughs> I was a uh, police officer back about 40 years ago. How many years ago? 40. 40, man. You don't even sound 40 years old. You're talking about 40 years ago. You start when you was a baby? <laughs> Come out the womb. Wow. 72, so. Wow. Anyway, but anyway uh, I was the police of New York City in a uh, pretty challenging place. And I gave up that to become a, uh, a nutritionist, which I currently hold that title, mm-hmm. a nutritionist. But along the way, I, I, I had a shop in, in Jackson Heights, Queens, which was the cocaine mecca of New York City at the time. And uh, I had just become a Christian about a year earlier after I left the police department. And as a, as a cop, I just took some credentials. I was the top shot in my class, number one shot. I was a karate expert. At the, they used to call me one punch. Mm. So that, that was my those were my attributes before becoming a, a Christian. Yes. So I became a Christian and I, I became more to wept over things that I would never weep over before. I became softened because I, my sin was so severe that I was ashamed but yet grateful for God's grace that covered me for all those things I'd done wrong. And I'm, I'm in my shop one day and in, in Jackson Heights, Queens, New York City, and a guy comes in and says, uh, give me the money. <laughs> He's holding a gun. That told me, you know. So say, give me the money, okay, what do I do with this? So turns out that he, he, was, he was a guy trying to hold us up, and uh, I hear the uh, I hear these passages of Scripture that I learned about six months earlier. Mm-hmm. You're a new Christian at this time. You're a new Christian, right? Yeah, new, new, new Christian. Mm-hmm. No weapon for you against yourself with there. He'll send his angels to protect you, and we're hearing these, these simple Scriptures that I've memorized over the last prior six months. So with that, I said, what do you need the money for? He says, I got AIDS. Just give me the money. Mm. He didn't have AIDS. He was a heroin addict. And so I said, okay. And uh, said, you can have the money, but you need, you need Jesus. And once wow. I mentioned the name of Jesus, I felt like I was in control of the situation. And he said, I'm, I'm going to give you 10 seconds, and I'll, I'll blow you, you, the girl's head off. Because I was with my, my two workers, my manager, and another worker was there. And uh, he starts counting down 10, 9, 8. And I'm saying, well, I'm either going to go to glory or I'm going to be delivered somehow. So he finishes kind of that. Three, two, one. And he pulls the gun back and goes, you guys are, and he uses an expletive, you guys are freaking nuts. Yeah. And he runs out of the store, and uh, the, the voice that said, stand on my word, says, go get that lost sheep. So I, I go running after him. And I was in pretty good shape, so I'm running after the guy, and I catch him on a subway platform. And I grab him, and I go, what do you need the money for? Because I'm a heroin addict. I just need a fix. I said, well, Jesus loves you. I said, so do I. And with that, he goes, what are you, nuts? He said, I just tried to rob you. Why are you doing this? He said, because God has a plan for your life. And with that, he walks down to the platform with me, almost almost in custody of the guy. And I said, I just I just want to help you. He goes, I've been on the street for 17 years. He goes, there's no help for me. Mm. I said, well, God, God, if you give God's program a chance, he, he, he can make a difference. I wasn't too eloquent my speech back then, but I was, I was just using simple terms, and he says, uh, why are you doing this? I said, because I, I, I want to see you get get get, get the, all, all, all the that God has for you, and this perfect plan is going to make a difference in your life. So he gives me his phone number, <laughs> and 
I go to give him $20, and he goes, he starts crying, he goes, why are you giving me this money? Well, I knew he needed it fixed. Right. So I said, take the, take the money and just call me when you get a chance. So he walks away, he, he sees he's weeping. I'm, I'm actually down, breaking down the tears a little bit. Yes. And he walks away, and a week later, I get a call in the shop, he goes, hello? He goes, yeah, this is Hector. I go, Hector. He goes, yeah, the guy who tried to rob you. I said, mm. oh, how you doing? Come on down. Well, he comes down to the shop, the guy who tried to rob me. I had another girl who's a believer, a strong believer, and we prayed for this guy. And uh, it wasn't it wasn't an easy path, but in about six weeks he gets he gets picked up for a nationality warrant, and he goes he goes to Rikers Island. And I don't know what happened there, but maybe maybe got a better form of the gospel than I was able to give him. But in any event, he, his face took took on a whole new countenance. Uh, he he became truly, I, I believe, truly touched by the presence of God, mm. and uh, he came out, married this woman that he was living with, and moved out of the area. Now he had a lot of baggage. I'm sure he had a lot of baggage. He had sure. overcome things, but uh, that that was my my experience from going from guns to the gospel. <laughs> Yeah, you know, uh, Dennis, I, man, I really appreciate that call, man. We're coming to a top-of-hour break, brother. I really appreciate that, being a former police officer as well. You get in situations like that whereby you are quite capable of probably disarming that guy in, in, in the situation uh, deemed it. And and for whatever reason, uh, I believe that the Spirit of God worked in with you to do that, being a new believer, and you saw the power of God in that way. And Dennis, man, thank you very much for your phone call. We really appreciate that, brother. God bless you. As you can hear the music, we're coming to the top-of-the-hour break, ladies and gentlemen. This is Living by the Word Ministries. With the Bible Information Brokers, we'll be back on the other side of the break with more of the gospel message that you will hear, the true gospel message that even Dennis was just talking about. We'll give it to you on the other side of the break with more of your questions. Call right now at 888-995-5552. Eric will set your call up for the other side of the break. Get in the queue right now. Call Eric, 888-995-5552. Every other format, Bible Info Brokers. Bible Info Brokers for Facebook, Tweet, Messenger, or our .com website. Take advantage of it right now. God bless.